Hello, this is the Sutter Faction Podcast. I'm Evan Sutter. Big thanks to all those who have listened, shared, and reviewed the show. Any questions, just send them over to evan at hapsley.com. This podcast is about blending together different ideas to provoke thought and discussion so we can just live fully alive while we are alive. This is not a lecture, just some ideas I've been thinking, reading, and talking about lately. I don't pretend to know everything. Instead, I prefer to think I don't know much. And that brings us to episode four. This talk is called The Dreamer, The Thinker, and The Doer. Is being hopeful and positive the best way to live a life? In creating the time and space to think more about what to write and talk about on satisfaction the last few weeks, I've been forced to look a little deeper. And it is in this contemplation that I've come across a few obstacles in my life that maybe are preventing me from living the full marrow-sucking life I've spoken about here so often. And the main obstacle right now will probably go against everything we've, we've ever been told. And that is I've been guilty of being too hopeful, too positive, too optimistic. Hope is good, but maybe it is not enough. And I've realized how these things have been a big obstacle for me in finding peace and joy and satisfaction in the present moment. And that maybe as a society, at least here in the West, we place far too much emphasis on the idea of hope and hope as always being this positive thing. This reminded me of a passage that always stood out for me from a really beautiful book titled Learning from the Heart by Daniel Gottlieb. Gottlieb writes, hope is always about the future and it isn't always good news. Sometimes hope can imprison us with the belief or expectation that something will happen in the future to change our lives. I've been living more so lately a very future-facing life. Maybe that is something we can all relate to given the circumstances and conditions we find ourselves in. COVID has made it easier to look ahead down the road to a time when life will be easier, better, different. But is it a habit that we must be careful in manifesting? Because when COVID ends or evolves, where will we be looking then? Because it hasn't just been COVID to blame for me. I think it has been a pattern that I've allowed through my own failure to adequately pay attention again and again, and something that was probably magnified by working as an entrepreneur. I think for anyone creating, building, doing, there is this natural tendency to look to the future. After all, that is where we will reap all the rewards of the hard work we are doing now. But where or how does that end? Because it doesn't always end in success or the outcome we desire. But we've spent the many years thinking, planning, living that way, looking, waiting, seeking for that thing to work or land or be recognized. And in the meantime, we imprison ourselves with an expectation that this thing will happen in the future and it will change our lives. And this isn't just isolated to people working in the arts or business. We all feel this as human beings, this hope for the future, the hope we will get that new girlfriend or boyfriend, car, house, take their vacation, etc. But if when we do get it, for that period, we've only cultivated those habits. So it is, not, so it is hard to, to not keep running, maybe not really knowing that we actually are. As the Buddha said, a tree that leans to the west falls to the west. And while I meditate in the morning and walk mindfully at times through the day, I have plenty of interests that do engage me and give me a huge sense of presence and aliveness. I've been feeling that, that feeling of hope, that hope that is always in the future, 
He's growing like a weed and strangling my presence everywhere else. Can we live a life where one area is extremely future focused, be it our work or projects or goals, while on, on the other side we work on learning skills like meditation to be more present and aware in our todays? It is really a clash of two contrasting worlds and it's a difficult balancing act. Thich Nhat Hanh wrote that when he thinks deeply about the nature of hope, he sees something tragic. Since we cling to our hope in the future, we do not focus our energies and capabilities on the present moment. We use hope to believe something better will happen in the future and it becomes a kind of obstacle. For me, it started here in the present. It all does in writing a book for joy to collect an experience to learn. Then it is all the future, waiting for a publisher. Then you get that and you're waiting for book sales. Always over there. You start a business, you start in the present with an idea, then it's waiting on the designer for logos, then you're waiting on for customers, then more customers, always over there. Even outside of the creators, as humans, you, you may have great sex and then you're waiting for better sex, over there. When or where does it end? Because if we do manage to get all the things we want in our businesses, creative pursuits, relationships, health, one, they're always changing, always shifting, and two, if we always live this way, is it just so easy to switch back to the presence, to enjoy each moment, when we've always been doing something different? In this hope, this waiting for goals to be accomplished, this expectation and belief for new customers, book sales, relationships, or whatever it is, is it really a good thing? Yes, it keeps us in the game, disciplined, persistent, hardworking, but what does it do for our present moments? our relationships that are happening now, for our lives, all of which are fickle, vulnerable, and ever-changing. If we spend too much time holding onto a hope down the road, thinking it will change our lives for the better, what are we really missing out on right here, right now? Gottlieb continues by saying hopelessness isn't always about despair. Hopelessness can bring us right into this very moment and answer all of life's most difficult questions. Who am I? Where am I? What does this mean? And what now? When we are too far down the path, always hopeful and optimistic, we skip the need to answer these questions or any questions and instead prefer a pre-programmed, somewhat narrow focus, one which is rigid and laser focused and leaves little room for nuance, chance and contingency. Hope is good in allowing us to bear difficult things now, but being overly hopeful can make us look past our true reality, look past the where am I, what does this mean, and what now? Like fear that hides around the corner like an undercover agent, hope and positivity masks the uncomfortable and unpleasant and zaps our zest and energy for life, right now. If hopefulness and positivity minimizes our authentic emotions and feelings, then is it really that positive, especially in the long term? When we let go of how we hope things to be and become content with how they really are, we find a place where we can delve deep into the present moment and start to answer all of life's questions with a little bit more clarity, composure and reality. Thich Nhat Hanh says letting go gives us freedom. If in our heart we still cling to anything, anger, anxiety or possessions, we cannot be free. And we will not be free to fully enjoy our lives right now. By clinging to a life with a bigger business or more book sales meant I wasn't entirely free to enjoy what was unfolding in front of me. 
without always trying to mold it, move it, force it into something better. That's tiring and of course, always outside of my control. And this hope, this getting what we want in the future, will it make us content, happy and free? Will it make our lives full and good? Because when we get something, we just want something else. That doesn't end. So should we be working on something else entirely? Maybe this is a lesson less in finding balance between what is real in our lives right now and what we hope could be, and more about how we relate to our thoughts and our minds. There is a place for positivity, but not if it is merely a cover to look past a present that you believe is less than ideal. Shifting your story to positive, to good and pleasant will probably make you feel better in the short term, and stories are good and important, but you have to be careful not to just enter into some sort of delusional relationship with your life that is based on the idea that everything is going to be all right. And if the power of positive thinking is your only strategy, it may not work out so well. We are so heavily invested in our stories and our stories are are so one-sided. They're always about us. And we, of course, only get what we search for. Think the availability heuristic and confirmation bias plus ridiculous amounts of personal data and new modern algorithms. And we only enter into relationships with people that share the same opinions and are invested in the same style of thinking as us, with no questioning, questioning and no challenging. If you just focus on the positive or hearing the positive, you miss out on so much of the world. As a short-term strategy, positive thinking may be good therapy, but long-term, just saying things are good and positive, well, maybe not so much. Thinking about all this has made me think maybe it is not so simple or straightforward after all, but there are, are, are many layers, and just looking at this could probably fill up another five episodes. But I think what is important here is our intention. If you're just creating a positive story to escape, you're just creating an illusion that certainly doesn't bring much joy now and later. And on the flip side, no one likes spending time with a negative person. But the super positive person is probably just as annoying. So playing somewhere in the middle on both sides of the deal in in what is actually happening may be best. We need to be clear when we are deceiving ourselves. We need to know when it is a good time to be positive and hopeful and a good time to be negative. Because the best stories are the ones that give you the energy to do something. There is a limit to what we know, but we can create a story that allows us to act. And it is from these actions that we create a life. By stepping back from the future, bringing us what we desire, we give ourselves an instant cure for anxiety and find deeper contentment that rests in ourselves and not in the attachment to outcomes outside of our control. If being too hopeful is an obstacle for me, so too is that attachment to outcomes and results. Because pretty quickly I left the joy in creating, in the process, and looked far ahead to an outcome that was always outside of my control. Maybe we place too much focus on hope in the future because we also place too much focus on goals. We are a very goal-oriented society, and the self-help industry is only magnifying this. We know exactly where we want to get to and each step along the way, and And that's practical, of course, but maybe not in remembering to actually enjoy the journey. The journey being your life, the uncertain, complex, and fragile one. I got lost in this fantasy land of trying to create cool things with precise outcomes in mind. 
when they didn't come how or when I wished them, I stayed positive and hopeful, making more sacrifices, holding tighter, working harder. But holding tighter, I found, just makes things smaller, limiting opportunities, when in fact, more opportunities is what we maybe want in business and in life. I would see this all the time living in San Francisco, people losing their health, friendships and sanity to build big things. And many of them did, only to still come out the other end just as confused and, and tired, very tired. I remember walking around Copenhagen in November last year, about an hour after I just finished delivering my keynote, is business the key to making the world a happier place? It was my biggest by far, 6,000 people, 48 minutes, delivered almost perfectly, which, uh, which rarely happens, um, especially for me anyway. I had to really stop myself from taking out that notebook and hatching my, my plan for what's next. Next time, more people, more money, maybe I'll wear this shirt, those pants will be better. You know, I had worked so hard, thoroughly enjoyed the experience, but was ready to cut it short and get busy again. Look to that future, tackle that future. Missing the chance for joy, relaxation, inhalation. Missing the cool city, instead preferring an imaginary future in an imaginary cooler city. Luckily, I managed to step away from that noise and, and choose the present. You know, I love Copenhagen, the people, architecture, food, and I also save the energy creating the elaborate picture of the future that has shifted so drastically anyway, and always will. No traveling to other countries in 2020, 2021, 2022, who knows? And no more talks on stages with crowds. Unless you can count my chair in my kitchen speaking into my laptop, seeing no one except my own reflection. And why the kitchen? Because it's closest to Wi-Fi and has the nicest wall. When we're always running at a frantic pace from one task to another, we never get the chance to stop, simply sit with our feelings and questions in order to see things more clearly and enjoy our lives in the change and uncertainty. And life goes from a piece of art, playful, creative, to a goal or series of goals, all of which takes us further away from life and the beauty of it. Our overly future-focused, optimistic selves, often tainted with the brush of illusion and idealism, taps away little by little, tearing our present moments away, and we place a very heavy burden on ourselves, always aiming to make things perfect in the planning for our hopeful, positive tomorrows. Thich Nhat Hanh says, by taking good care of the present moment, we take good care of the future. Working for peace in the future is to work for peace in the present moment. When we tinker with the truth in any direction, whether making it more positive or negative, the magic of reality is curtailed and we fail to really discover the joy that is already here. And true deep joy needs no introduction. The problem is when we, when we start to artificially create a false hope or joy to our reality in order to, to transform what was negative or fearful into positive and safe. And a lot of the time, I know with me, the act of being hopeful and positive is just that, to construct a safety net and merely lessen the amount of uncertainty and fear that is present. When we give ourselves the time to stop and reflect, we can see all of our habits more clearly. Does my mind always return to the same thought patterns? Am I creating a story far into the future while I'm here with friends and family today. We need to remind ourselves that we've got more than enough right here and now. We need to be aware that life is impermanent and inconstant and this moment will quickly end. Sitting stuck in some beautiful fantasy about the future will only cause more suffering. 
We sit around trying to control and predict an, an unpredictable future when you're surrounded by beauty each and every day. The Buddha said the secret, secret of health for both mind and body is not to mourn the past, worry about the future, or anticipate troubles, but to live in the present moment wisely and earnestly. And I want to share an old Taoist story that illustrates this future-facing, hopeful, positive relationship somewhat perfectly. And here it is. There lived an old farmer who had worked on his fields for many, many years. One day his horse bolted away. His neighbours dropped in to commiserate him. Oh, what awful luck, they said. To which the farmer replied, we'll see. Next morning, to everyone's surprise, the horse returned, bringing with it three other wild horses. How amazing is that, they exclaimed in excitement. The old man replied, we'll see. A day later, the farmer's son tried to mount one of the wild horses. He was thrown to the ground and broke his leg. Once more, the neighbours came by to express their sympathies for this stroke of bad luck. We'll see, said the farmer politely. The next day, the village had some visitors, military officers who had come with the purpose of drafting young men into the army. They passed over the farmer's son thanks to his broken leg. The neighbours patted the farmer on his back. How lucky he was not to have his son join the army. We'll see, was all the farmer said. This kind of not knowing might be more conducive to living a full, open life than knowing everything and labelling it as positive or negative. What is good could turn out bad and vice versa. We'll see. A glass half full doesn't leave much room to fill. A glass that is empty, not knowing, leaves room to fill with anything you wish. So I'm paying special attention to where I'm living this week, this month, the past, present and future in the positive, negative, or, or the reality. In my meditation and life this month, I'm sitting and observing my stories, past, present, future. I'm softening around those future stories, softening around the idea of what's good and what's bad, and playing in the will see and not knowing. So let's put this into practice. Whatever you are doing, just come back to feeling your body. Stop running to the next place. Feel the body and breathe. Too often our thinking takes us deep into the future and that can bring fear, worry and anxiety. And it makes us tired, really tired. Breathe, stop, relax. Stop for a few minutes at least. Reconnect with your bodies. Bring your attention there. Stop trying to create or plan your tomorrow. Use feeling your body as an anchor to be more present right here in this moment. Don't chase after that thought. Let it go. Come back to the body. Breathe. Don't run to tick off that next, next task. Feel the body while slowly bringing your awareness to the sounds happening around you. Feel. Don't miss a chance to refresh, refocus, relax right now, not tomorrow. 
Use the feeling of your body to stop, not the body moving, but your story that is further down the road. It is in this stopping we cultivate wonder, not that we will get more, but a wonder that we already have enough. Find joy in the not knowing. Find joy in not labeling the good, bad, pleasant, unpleasant. Just observe how you feel. Feel. Next time you're sitting around worrying about the future and what you need to do or be in your life, take a few deep breaths. Look around you and find three beautiful things in your line of vision. These three beautiful things won't be around forever. You won't be around forever. So just enjoy it while you can. I'm Evan Sutter. Subscribe to Sutter Faction. Give it a rate and review and tell your friends. You can find out more at evansutter.com. Enjoy.